If you have a Bible today, find the book of Acts. Find the book of Acts, and we're going to be in chapter number two. Acts two, I could not be more excited to get to the Bible with you today. I know we're already running a little bit late, but that's okay. You got nothing else to do today, right? You're doing fine. The benefit of the first service is that there's a second service. And so you know, you know that I've got to let you out in time. Second service, all bets are off. We can be here all day, uh, but no, that's good. But today, today we are starting a brand new message series, and the word we're using is Pentecost. Pentecost. And uh, for some of us, this is a word we're quite familiar with. And for others of us, and even many of us, this is a word that maybe you've heard, but you're you're not really sure what in the world this means. And either, we, either way, I believe that this, the next two weeks, and this is just going to be a two-part little mini-series, are going to be uh, important. In fact, I want to ask you, if you are here today, and if you're watching behind a screen right now, prioritize coming next week. Because today is really only the first half of the story. Next week is going to be significant, and so I'm just asking you, uh, to come. I know it's nice outside, and we, we can go fishing now, and you got yard work, and whatever else. It, like, I, I, we've, you've been cooped up all winter, and it's been way too long. Anybody with me? Okay, but, but get here, get here next week. So, uh, we're not going to do much for an introduction today, but I want to just start by uh, reading this passage of Scripture together. So, stand with me all over this place, and let's read from Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse number 1. Acts 2, Starting in verse number one, here's what it says. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, uh, Phrygia, I have no idea if that's Phrygia, <laughs> looks like Phrygia to me, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. There we go. Let's pray. God, we, we just pause for a moment to, to truly invite you into this moment right here, into this. God, we want to hear from you. And so, Lord, I pray that even as we look at your very word, that significant things would come. Uh, we give this time to you. We truly do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. Good morning, Susanna. Did you get the notes that I sent you? I forgot. I'm sorry. Just realized that right now. I'm so sorry. Okay, there we go. Well, 
Um, when special things happen on special dates, it creates something extra special. And uh, I can remember, I can remember being outside with uh, with a friend of mine, and it was like a significant day because it was kind of an anniversary or something of of her mom's death. And I remember standing out there, and we were here in town actually, and we looked up, and there's this like there's this bald eagle that just flies and lands like 20 or 30 feet from us on the ground, right here in the middle of town. And uh, it was something you don't see every day. Like seeing an eagle like that was fantastic and it was memorable for me, but just understand for, for my friend, it meant so much more. Her mom loved bald eagles. And on this special day of remembering and heartache, for her, seeing this eagle made that special day even more special. Do you understand kind of what I'm saying? And as, as we've been looking at the coming out of the Easter season, we've been talking about the Easter season, we brought up multiple times the fact that Jesus died on the cross on a Jewish holiday known as Passover. And uh, we don't have tons of time to talk about that today, but a significant historical day alongside of a very special event in history creates kind of something where you're just left like, God did this, okay? Uh, now, we'll talk about that more in a few minutes, but our story today t- happened exactly 50 days after that. 50 days on another significant historical day. All of this ordained by God and, and is significant, and today we're going to just look at why? And so let's start here with a little bit of a summary of what we read uh, a few moments ago. And so put that on the screen for me. Okay, Acts chapter 2 summary, if you missed some of this when we read it. Okay, this is 50 days after Passover, and I'll explain why we know that and how we know that. Okay, so 50 days after Jesus died on the cross, Jesus is now gone and is ascended into heaven. He's no longer on earth. People gather in an upper room of a home. And there is this sound of a violent wind that happens. Tongues of fire begin to rest on each of them. They are all filled with the Holy Spirit. They all spoke in unknown tongues. And we didn't read this in our part, but if you would read a few verses past this, we would see that 3,000 people are water baptized and added to their number, or you could say they accepted the message Uh, of Jesus. That is our story, but within this story, understand, is a much bigger story, a story that is filled with history and a story that is filled with symbolism all over the place, Uh, and a story that is much more relevant to us today than I think some of us even think or understand. And so this series, two different parts to this, this week, next week. Today, we're going to look at the history of this word Pentecost and we're going to see how this plays into Acts chapter 2 in this event that we led or that we read together. Next week, we're going to ask the question, what does Acts chapter 2 have to do with us today? And, we're, and, and, and I'm excited about that. So does that sound like a good plan? Yeah, you don't have much of a choice in the matter, actually, but uh, that's good. So here we go, Acts chapter 2. I've never felt so old in my life. Hey, Siri. Never everybody's phone goes off. Look at it, it worked. All right, that's embarrassing right there. But here we go. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 begins with the word, uh, when the day of Pentecost came. 
when the day of Pentecost came. And let's start by just defining this word Pentecost and, and talking a little bit about what this means. Uh, the word Pentecost only shows up in the entire Bible three times, that exact word. Uh, Acts chapter 2, where we read, is the first time that that word shows up. The reason it only shows up three times is because this word Pentecost is actually a Greek word, and two-thirds to three-quarters of the Bible was actually written not in Greek. So that explains a little bit why this doesn't show up in a lot of but But quite literally, the Greek word Pentecost, or Pentecoste is the actual Greek, it simply means 50th. Interesting, huh? Okay, just the word 50th. And so what's going on here, and what does 50th have to do with all of this? Well, Pentecost, though literally it means 50th, it is actually a pretty massive Jewish celebration, a Jewish holiday. And this word is used for that holiday, and this holiday has been named Pentecost because this particular holiday comes exactly 50 days after a different holiday, the holiday that we call, or that they call Passover. Now, follow with me. You're going to see uh, the comparison here between Acts chapter 2 and what we're going to get to, okay? Before we can understand Pentecost, we need to understand Passover, and I'm going to try to go super fast through this, I promise, but it's all, we're like climbing a mountain together. Are you with me? Okay. 1,300 years or so before Jesus, the Jewish people were living in the nation of Egypt, God had brought them there, but that's a story for another day. At this point in the story, though, and just where I'm going to pick up, the Israelites are slaves. They're slaves in Egypt, living in horrendous conditions, horrendous work, horrible stuff. They're building some of the pyramids, okay, is a part of what they're doing in this. They, but they cry out to God, and, and the Bible says that God hears their cry. And God speaks to a man named Moses and says, hey, buddy, I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to go tell the most powerful man on the planet to let these a million slaves go free. Moses says, okay. Moses shows up at the doorstep of Pharaoh, walks into Pharaoh's palace, and says, Pharaoh, God says you should let them all go free. Pharaoh says, Moses, I, I don't know what you've been smoking, but that's not a good idea. Okay, I like having slaves. All right? That's not exactly what it says, but it's close, Okay. Uh, but each time Pharaoh begins to say no to Moses, God then sends uh, a different plague, is the word, on the nation of Egypt. And it's weird things, okay? It, it's like uh, darkness in the middle of the day and disease in their cattle and bugs and frogs everywhere and boils on their bodies. And Pharaoh continues to say no. Well, the tenth time this happens... The final plague is the most drastic, and it's the killing of the firstborn of every person in Egypt. The firstborn dies uh, through what is the Bible calls the angel of death. The angel of death sweeps through the entire kingdom of Egypt, kills the firstborn son in every home all in one night. But God had spoke to Moses, and we're getting somewhere, I promise, and told him what to do to save the lives of the Israelite firstborn. The Israelites were to mark the outside of their doors of their home with lamb's blood. Basically, they were to, they were to kill lambs, take the blood, and they were to put it on the outside of their door. I know this sounds gruesome, and this is all weird, okay? This is a long time ago, all right? And when the angel of death sees, sees the blood on the doorpost, the angel passed over that 
that home, okay? And so that's the word Passover, and that became a famous Jewish celebration that every year the Jewish people would gather together and they would do certain things and they would celebrate Passover when God saved them and liberated them from Egypt and in the same and killed all of these their enemies and all of this type of stuff. Passover, that's what that is. Okay? Now we know 12, 1300 years later, on the on the day that the Jewish people were celebrating this holiday called Passover, Jesus dies. Okay? Passover, lamb's blood saved, and okay, now we know the Jewish people, the lamb of God dying for the sins of the world. It was the same day. Understand that. Understand it's the same day. Okay, back to the history here. Well, these newly freed Israelites, follow me, they set out into the wilderness, and they're walking. They've got nowhere else to go and nothing to do, and so a million strong women, children, Elderly people are walking through the wilderness is what it says, and it's kind of tough. It's tough, and God does miracles in their midst. The Red Sea parts, and they walk through. God sends food and water miraculously to them when they didn't have that. 45 days into their journey, here we're getting somewhere. 45 days into their journey, 45 days after that Passover night, they arrive at the base of a mountain. It's called Mount Sinai. And this is Exodus chapter 19, if you want to read that story later. Well, the people stay down at the base of this mountain, and Moses begins to climb up. And he climbs up to the mountain, up the mountain, and has a supernatural experience with God. God tells him to go back down and tell the people something. Okay, and so Moses then walks back down. This process of Moses walking up and doing this and walking back down takes two days, the Bible says. And that's going to matter in a moment, okay? And, and Moses comes back and he says, God says to prepare yourself because, in, because three days from now, on that third day, something nutso is going to happen. That's the word he uses, nutso. Okay? And, uh, and so, he, so Moses tells the people, and the people begin to prepare themselves, and there, there's a process, and we don't have time to go through all of that type of stuff that's happening. Okay? Uh, but... Let me read to you what happens here on that third day. We're going to read this together. Here's what it says. Uh, this is the 50th day now, by the way, out of Passover. You following me? 50th day. And here's what it says. It says, On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. Can you picture this? craziness that is happening on this mountain in front of all of these people. There's fire and there's smoke and lightning and thunder and clouds and the people are freaking out and God and Moses speaks to God in front of the people and God speaks back. This is the story that we have here, okay? Now, at this point, Moses then goes back up the mountain. Follow me in the story. And God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And he also gives him the full, what we, what we now call the Jewish law, okay? 
Uh, and there's like 12 chapters right here that lay out the Jewish law and all this stuff right here. But while Moses is up on the mountain, the people down below uh, begin to go crazy. Is like they're waiting and they're anxious and they don't know what to do. Let me read the beginning of what happens uh, next. It says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron, which is uh, Moses' brother, and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. He's taking too long. Okay, they're getting restless. Where's Moses? We don't know what happened to him. Maybe he's dead. We just can't wait forever, Aaron. And the people go nuts. All sorts of immoral things start happening. And they bring all their gold earrings and their rings and their stuff together. And they melt it all down. And they make this idol in the shape of a baby cow, a calf. A golden calf is what this is. Uh, understand, 50-ish days before they were slaves in Egypt, they, they've seen God do miraculous things one after another, and, and now nothing's happening, and they're getting restless, and they ditch it all, and they build an idol to worship. This is our story. Well, up on the mountaintop, God tells Moses that the people are running amok, and, uh, and God says, I'm just going to destroy them all. And Moses talks back to God and says, hey, God, you just saved us all from Egypt. You can't just go killing us all right now. This is not going to look good for you. Uh, and so Moses goes back down the mountain to the people. And this is verse 25 of chapter 32. And we're getting to Acts 2, I promise. We're, just, we're only 1,200 and some years early, but we're getting there. Uh, and this is verse 25. Moses saw that the people were running wild, and Aaron had let them out, get out of control. So he became, and so became a laughingstock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. This is crazy. And the Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 people in all died. To us it seems gruesome, but before we see Jesus come into the picture, God often, often just responded super harshly to sin in this type of situation. Now I want you to note how many people died. They had all that, 3,000, okay? Three of us were paying attention. That's good. I know it was a lot of stuff. 3,000 people died. Now, let me put a summary of that situation up on the screen, okay? Exodus 19 to 32. 50 days after Passover, with me, people gather at the base of Mount Sinai, thunder, lightning, cloud, smoke. God descends from the mountain in fire. God gives them the Ten Commandments, and the Jewish law gives that to Moses and for the people and 3,000 people killed for worshiping the golden calf. Now, a few moments ago, we looked at Acts chapter 2 in that summary. Here's what I wanted to do. I want to put them side by side. Let's check this out. Go ahead. This is, this is nuts, okay? 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Passover, people gather at the base of Mount Sinai. People gather in the upper room of a home. There's thunder, lightning, clouds, smoke, and here we have the sound of a violent wind. God descends from the mountain in fire. Tongues of fire rest on each of them. Okay? And all of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, God gives the Jewish law at this point. 
People are filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak in unknown tongues. 3,000 people killed for worshiping a golden calf. 3,000 people water baptized for, giving their, for responding to the message of Jesus. This is crazy, isn't it? Like, think about the comparisons here of what's going on. This is 12, 1,300 years before Jesus. The Israelites are saved by the blood of a lamb that's Passover. 50 days later, this crazy event happens. Okay, and now we have Jesus dying on Passover. 50 days later, we have this word, or this holiday called Pentecost, where they are literally celebrating this event right here of God giving them the law and some different things. And we have all craziness happening right here. Still Jewish holiday, still celebrated today. 50 days. This is a supernatural event. It's almost as if someone behind the scenes put this all together. Like, okay? Uh, like 3,000 people then coming to faith in Jesus Christ. We didn't read that part. Let me read that to you here. This is back to Acts now, and we're, we're kind of building up to somewhere, I promise. Okay? This is Acts chapter 2. I want to show you where 3,000 comes in. Uh, Peter stands up. He preaches to the crowd of people that are all hearing people speaking in tongues, and they've all gathered. It says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, and for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves for this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added. Not 2,000, not 4,000, 3,000. Now, next week, I can't tell you how much you got to come next week. We're going to talk about what this event in Acts chapter 2 means for us today because there is such a massive personal application to this uh, but I want, us to, I want to make sure we have enough time to dive into that fully next week. But why does any of this matter? Why does it matter besides being like super cool information for the history buffs and super lame information for the rest of us? Okay, why does this matter? Listen, listen, listen. Acts chapter 2 is massively important. Not only is it like the fulfillment of some things that were prophesied early and, and all of that, not only is it the fulfillment of something that Jesus even said, and we're going to look at some of that stuff next week, but listen to me, God the Holy Spirit, starting in Acts chapter 2, now lives in people. And this matters, and this is, this is a completely new era, the era of the church even, that we still live in today. Acts chapter 2 started this. Okay, this is so different than things ever were before. Before Acts chapter 2, the presence of God showed up on spe at specific places, in specific people. The story of Moses is an example. This was, this was rare. This was not the normal. And it was for sure not for everybody. Pre-Acts chapter 2. God's very presence showed up in specific moments, in specific places. Uh, we... We read that all throughout the Bible before Acts chapter 2. But Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came and filled people, it now changed, it now changed everything. Okay, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter, 3, chapter 3, check this out. 
don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Next week, we're going to talk about an entire different level of this, but understand, if you have accepted the message of Jesus into your life, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit now lives in you. Did you know that God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you? That is massive information. That is life-changing when you realize that God, the Holy God, God's presence used to dwell in temples, but Acts chapter 2 changed that. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temples and that God's spirit dwells in you? Music team, will you please come? <laughs> now, I'm going to say this for the 17th time. This is part one of something that's very important. This is half of, half of this right now, okay? There's so much more. Next week, let's gather together. And in fact, if, if like you're watching online right now, okay, next week, get, do whatever you can to even get here in, perp, in, in person because I believe that we want to experience this together, okay? Please stand with me all over this place. Today, for me, was like, as I was preparing this entire thing, I was, I was working this out, and I, got, and I like got to the end, and I would just, I just begin to pray, and I said, God, I feel, like, I feel like I've just blasted people with nothing but information. And I was like, God, I want, I want to give an application to this, because, you know, we got to leave doing something, and this is how this is supposed to work, God. It's how we were taught to write sermons. Yeah. And I just felt kind of deep, deep inside that, that God wanted to do things in individual people here today who are open to that. And, and that I don't need to tell you how to respond when we open the Bible and we read some of this together. And so today, for me this is hard because I just feel like I've like left this. And I feel that this is what God is kind of asking me to do today. And so we're just going to take a moment here before we're done. We're going to sing together. We're gonna to leave a little room for a time of reflection and prayer just all together. Uh, but I believe, I believe that if you, if you sincerely open your heart up today and say, God, what do you have for me? I believe that God wants to put individual things even into people depending on where they're at. And so uh, we're just going to do that. Holy Spirit, we, we open up our hearts and our minds to you showing us things that we need to see. We leave room for you to convict us of the stuff that maybe isn't right. Destructive things, sin things in our hearts and in our lives. We know that, Holy Spirit, as you live inside of us, that is a part of what you do. And we just pray for that. We open ourselves up to that today, God, and say we're where, Holy Spirit, are the areas that I'm not okay? 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would encourage somebody today that needs that. Bring comfort to someone. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Show us where to go and what to do. I pray that you would even call people today in our midst as we have heard as we've heard from missionaries and people who have responded to what you are saying, Lord, I pray that you would, would call people and continue to call people from our church family to, to incredible ministry things in their future. And God, we just open our hearts and our lives and ask for more. We want more of you, God, in our lives, more of you, Holy Spirit, than we've ever had. We, we want to decrease and want you to increase, Lord. And God, I just pray that, that we would not be a church that, that is just full of American Christians who are okay with the complacent, apathetic version of Christianity that seems to be so prevalent. But Lord, I just pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would be so hungry for more and God that we would truly desire to live our lives for you every single day in every moment that we would open our hearts and, and our lives to what you would have and so God we just ask for significant things God we pray for significant moments to happen Holy Spirit even as we experience you more and more every single day. We thank you that you love us and that you have filled us, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Before we go, before we're done, just one final thing. Maybe you're here today and, and you have never responded to the message of Jesus. Uh, th there is a American Christian idea that we're Christian because we're Americans and that's just what we do. I'm telling you there is so much more to this. There is a God who sent his son to die so that he could be in relationship with us. And there is a beautiful, deep, incredible relationship with our creator that is available. It's why you are alive to be in relationship with God. And through Jesus, you can do that. No matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, there is forgiveness and there is grace and there is mercy only through what Jesus did. You can't go to enough church services and pray enough prayers. It is what Jesus has done. And with no one looking around, it's just a moment of privacy and reflection before we go. Who here would just simply say, I've never responded to the message of Jesus before, and I want to do that today. If that's you, just quickly show me your hand. Just show me your hand for just a moment. If you're watching this online right now, you can respond to this. There's a little button you can click, or like this is a, a you and God moment. Anyone in here this today that would just say, yes, that is me. I just wanna pray for you here before we're done. fantastic. Church, let's just say a prayer together. Everyone in this place, let's just pray this. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Let's just celebrate what God is doing, what God has done. All right, fantastic. Tonight we do have prayer here, six o'clock right here at the church. We'd love for you to be there. 
Otherwise, thank you so much for coming today. Say hi to our missionary out at the table. Okay, love you guys. Have a great day.